Why does Chicago need all-male charter schools? How does one network of schools move the needle on college acceptance rates among African-American males in Chicago? What lessons might Chicago public schools learn from urban prep academies? From the Chicago Policy Review and the University of Chicago, this is Chicago Policy Radio. This is Kristen Bretz with the Chicago Policy Review. We're here today with Tim King, the founder of Urban Prep Academies, the nation's first network of all-boys public charter high schools. Mr. King, thank you for being here today, talking with us. My pleasure. Thanks for asking me. So can you tell me a little bit about your, just how Urban Prep started and when you first recognized the need? for an academy like this. Sure, so uh, the idea for Urban Prep first came about in probably 2000. And I was working in uh, an all-boys private uh, Catholic school at the time and recognized that there needed to be this type of a school, an all-boys program available to folks who couldn't afford to pay tuition. And in 2002, we created a nonprofit organization, Urban Prep Academies, and submitted our first proposal to the Chicago Public Schools to open Urban Prep. We ended up getting rejected the first and second time. We were approved the third time, and so we opened our first school in 2006. We opened our second school in 2010, and our third school in 2011. What sort of growth have you seen, or how has the school changed, and, or the missions changed? So the mission of Urban Prep is to provide a high-quality, comprehensive education that results in our graduates succeeding in college. And that was the mission from day one, and that continues to be our mission today. Uh, but we have seen changes within our schools and the ways we go about uh, achieving that mission. Um, our curriculum has been pretty fluid. Um, and really has changed over the years in order to meet the needs of the students that we have in our charge. So that's been one area that's changed. Obviously another big area that uh, we've seen change is in the number of students we serve. Uh, our, um, our first year we had 150 students, we had all these adults and we had 150 students so these young men were, uh, were really uh, paid attention to. Um, year two, three, four, and so on, we've obviously added additional classes, but also added additional um, campuses. So now we have about 1,400 students uh, across our three campuses, and we have over 200 employees as well. So the institution has grown. The infrastructure has had to grow and evolve as well. To put it in a monetary framework, I guess, in our first year, our budget wasn't even a million dollars, and now our budget's over fifteen million dollars. So it's a annual budget. So it's a you know big, big, big shift that we've we've seen. We've also added additional programs since our first year. Uh, we've added the Urban Prep Fellows Program and the Urban Prep Alumni Program. The Urban Prep Fellows Program is a program for recent college graduates to do one-year internships with us. Um, they serve as full-time volunteer mentors and tutors to our freshmen. The alumni program is an office that we have where three full-time individuals work 
and their job is to promote and support our alumni while they're in college. So that's obviously a big shift. I mean, when we only had one class of ninth graders, we didn't need to have to have an alumni program. But we realized when our students became seniors that, hey, you know, if our mission is to ensure that our graduates succeed in college, we better put some supports in place to make sure that these students do have the best possible chance to succeed once they're out of urban pressure. Can you talk about the supports that are in place within the schools and why you felt those supports might be necessary or unique to the population you're serving? I always have marveled at the complacency that seems to exist within our society when it comes to the dire circumstances facing African-American boys. Huge rates of high school dropout, huge rates of arrest and incarceration, huge rates of college dropout as well. And I always believed that we have to do, you know, you can't just see a problem and not do anything about it. So part of what we do at Urban Prep, I think, is we, we see a need and we fill it. There's this need in the community for uh, attention to this particular population. And so we wanted to be a part of the solution and we started Urban Prep. And while we have a terrific ter curriculum here at Urban Prep that you know, has evolved and changed to meet the needs of our students, um, we really hit hard on creating uh, a positive school culture and making sure we have the social emotional supports and development in place in order to ensure that our students have, have success. You know, we want them to have good heads but also good hearts, and that comes from creating this real positive school culture. Our school culture is based on four pillars, respect, responsibility, ritual, and relationship, and these four pillars, we hope, will instill in our students this sense of pride and confidence that will allow them to succeed not only at Urban Prep but also in the, in the wider world. Speaking of pride, young men are grouped into prides. Can you speak a little bit about how the prides function and why that's particularly valuable? Yeah, so the pride system, is, we call them prides because we're the Urban Prep Lions and Lions live in pride. Um, and so uh, we created the pride system for each freshman when they come to us, they're put in a group. And this small group is supposed to be a family within a family. And they meet every day with their pride leader. And this pride leader um, advises them, counsels them, helps them set goals, and really just provides kind of the first line of response or that first safety net for each one of our, our, our students. You know, I perhaps can answer this question also anecdotally. We had a young man who came to school uh, one day and he was, um, he seemed perfectly fine, but his pride leader thought something was wrong. And it turned out that that young man um, had just lost his mother. And he came to school because that's what he thought his mother would want him to do but he hadn't talked to anyone about what had, what had happened. That pride leader, because that pride leader was meeting with that particular student, that group of students, was able to tell immediately that there was something going on, there was something amiss, and then he was able to report it so that we could pull together all the kind of support we needed to make sure that that student 
was going to be able to get through this okay. So this notion of taking a large group of students and breaking them into smaller groups, I think really is valuable because it allows the student to feel closer to the institution, in this case, urban prep, and it allows the student to feel closer to other adults, the pride leader, and other students. And that camaraderie, that closeness, those relationships, key element of our, um, our positive school culture here, but also I think are critical in, in ensuring that a student is going to be successful. Now, what do you think the CPS could learn from your model? Urban Prep uh, Academies is a network of charter uh, schools. And one of the reasons charter schools even exist is because they're supposed to be you know, labs, places where innovation can take place. And, and once those uh, new ideas are tested, the ideal is that they will then be applied more broadly across the school district. So we are hopeful that the lessons we've learned here at Urban Prep will be uh, applied. We know they are applicable, but we hope they will be applied more broadly across the district. And we've already seen that. We don't advocate that every single school in the city of Chicago should be a single gender school. In fact, we oppose that. We believe that there needs to be a diversity of types of schools. There need to be art schools. There need to be single gender schools. There need to be tech schools. There need to be vocational schools. There need to be magnet school programs. We think there should be a mosaic of school uh, opportunities. So we don't advocate for one type of school. But there are things that are happening within urban prep and other places that would make sense to be applied um, more broadly. An example of that is the extended school day. It's clear to us that having the students in school for a longer period of time has led to us having a level of success that we have had. I'm happy that the Chicago Public Schools has seen that and is now pushing forward with trying to extend the school day. You've got to extend the school day intelligently, but I think a longer school day is appropriate. Um, and you know that's one of the things that I think uh, the district in Chicago, at least, has learned from the innovation of charter schools and is trying to um, apply it. Now, the use of uniforms is another thing that is applicable. And we've seen some traditional public schools um, institute uniform policies. Our students here wear jackets and ties every day. I don't think every student in the city of Chicago should be wearing a jacket and tie to school, but I definitely think that having a uniform does positively impact um, or can positively impact a school's culture and the level of success and achievement that a student has. Your academies serve ninth through 12th graders. Would you like to see, or do you think is, there's any possibility of extending to serve middle school? We've definitely thought about serving younger students. Our sweet spot certainly is the ninth through 12th grade student, mm -hmm. but there have been several people who've approached us about doing a middle school or even doing a, an elementary school, creating a K-12 network. So we're not opposed to the idea. We think it has a bunch of benefits. But our area of expertise really is with the high school level, and so I, I think our preference would be to perfect that model um, before we started adding additional grade levels. But there's a lot of pressure on us from families, um, internally among our teachers, as well as our administrators, and from school districts to do um, a middle school and elementary school as well. So we'll see. Now, what were some of the biggest challenges with working within 
the educational landscape in Chicago? The biggest challenge that we faced once we were approved was facility challenge. And that's not unlike the challenges that charter schools see all over our country in big um, school districts, New York, D.C., L.A., here in Chicago. It's a real challenge finding facilities for schools. And our first school we opened, the Inglewood campus, we opened in one building. We were there for one year. Then we moved to our permanent home. And our permanent home we share with a, another school. And so that's not an ideal situation. Um, the facility issue has continued to be a challenge, even at our other two campuses. In, with one of our campuses, uh, our school will have moved three times in five years. Um, and, uh, you know, that causes disruption and, and a real problem. So that's been an issue and an ongoing challenge. Um, there's a challenge around resources because our charter schools are funded at a rate uh, that's less than what traditional schools are funded at in the city of Chicago. That means we have to do a lot of work around fundraising. So, you know, each year we raise about $2 million um, to support the operation of our, of our schools uh, and the programming that we have with our students. So that's another big challenge um, for us. What are your goals for the future? So we have, we have several internal um, goals as well as what I would consider more macro type goals. Certainly internally as it relates to our current programs and our current schools, we want to make sure we're doing a good job of maintaining the high levels of excellence that we've seen thus far, our 100% college acceptance rate for our graduates. That's a key area we want to make sure we continue to do that. Supporting our alumni program, um, also a very um, important area, and we hope that we can continue to maintain that. It's going to be a challenge, though, because you know resources are limited, but we think it's an important program, and we hope we're able to um, continue it. We have goals around test scores and retention rates and graduation rates as well that we hope we're able to able to hit. We always want to be getting better uh, in every possible area. More broadly, in terms of macro goals, uh, we, we're looking to expand outside of the city of Chicago, and so we expect that we'll see urban preps around the country pretty soon. Um, that's, that's a big goal of ours. The continued you know, search for resources and funding Another big goal of ours, um, you know, we raise a bunch of money already, but we know we need more in order to continue to expand the programming and to do it right. And so um, finding those um, resources, another, uh, another area where we hope to achieve even greater heights. And then I, I guess a third goal for us is we really want to make sure we're spreading the good news about what is possible and what can happen with African-American males. It is possible to create environments in which they can thrive, in which they can succeed, in which they can be prepared to go on to college. It is possible for us to move the needle when it comes to college enrollment and college completion. One in 20 African-American males from Chicago Public Schools that enrolled in college since 2010 is an urban prep graduate. That's one network of schools doing that. There are over 100 high schools in the city of Chicago, and one network of schools is able to move the needle in that very significant way. The number of African-American males that enroll in college from Chicago has increased ever since urban prep had its first graduating class. So we want people to understand that it is possible to work with this population, it is possible to change their lives, it is, it is possible 
to, for them to do great things, that they have the right kind of support. So another you know, goal of, of ours is to make sure we're spreading the good news and providing an example to people. We can't do it everywhere all over the country for every student, but we certainly can share the, what we've learned, let folks know that there are potholes along the way and help them avoid those potholes, and you know, hopefully be an inspiration to educators across the country about you know, what, what's really possible. Thank you for your time today, and thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank Appreciate you very much. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to Chicago Policy Radio, a production of Chicago Policy Review and the Harris School of Public Policy at the University of Chicago. Our podcast was produced and edited by Kristen Bretz. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ryan Gee. You can find us at www.chicagopolicyreview.org. Thanks for listening and join us again next time.